This is the Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and heck, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it, and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to help you, help you to deepen the learning, speed the implementation of the great ideas, and accelerate the route to your greatest aspirations and an extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you side-by-side moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. We'd love to hear what stood out for you in this episode, so please go to our Facebook group, that's The Ignition Show on Facebook, and join if you haven't yet, and let us know what you heard from this episode that really impacted you. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the episode. So this is my first time ever speaking to Daniel Stickler. Uh, we knew each other or got connected through, uh, we're in the same business community online. And so I reached out to him and, and just loved the work that he does and was very intrigued by it. But in a full transparency, after the conversation that uh, we had in the episode, uh, we reached out and I reached out to the company and found out more about what they do on a personal mission. And I'm very excited that I've signed up for their program and you've signed up for a component of a program. So over the next couple of months, we will be on the journey to uh, real human optimization and really excited to kind of live through it. Well, and I love that this was kind of our first major step towards the health vision that we've both talked about. We've yeah. been talking about, uh, we had our health summit last year, about eight, what, a year, a year and a half ago. And I can't remember, I think we've maybe mentioned this in the after show before, but to explain what you mean by the health summit, we had like, <laughs> I think amongst our renovations, we threw the flip chart open in our living room and just said, we both value health. We recognize that health is both of our number one values independently of each other. Um, and yet we weren't really living up to it or we weren't living in alignment with that value as much as we both believe we could. Correct. And during that health summit, and I say that in air quotes um, because we, we named it such, we made a lot of promises to each other or, or, or to ourselves and we outlined our vision and then life happened again. So yeah. we never actually lived it. No come full circle, we have this conversation or you have this conversation with Dr. Stickler and you've taken the first major step of your like full on, you're going to do the two day on-site coached for a year, which is amazing. Like that's a major first step. I've opted to delay that first step. My intention is to do it, but with a five month old now, I can't commit to eight hours of sleep every night, which I believe I need to be at optimal health. So I'm taking a dipping the, my toe in, in the yeah. pool, but yeah, I'm super excited about this. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think a couple things really struck me in the conversation. Um, it struck me in terms of like, uh, back to basic fundamental, like his statement, uh, kind of near the end of the conversation, but you can't ma- manage what you don't measure. And he's absolutely right. I think in the world of health, um, health and physical optimization and just wellness, that um, most people have aspirations of some type, but they really, they approach it in a very haphazard, sloppy kind of way. You can measure yourself through jumping on, stepping on the scale. You maybe measure body fat percentage, maybe by stepping on the scale. 
but that's not really it's such a like scratching the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg that wasn't me stuttering that was like the, the <laughs> half a percent of tip the iceberg. of the tip of, of the, the tip, tip. Of, yeah yeah well, and I would even question how many people have aspirations for their health. Mm. When I look at our parents' generation, and we've lost your parents this year, and my parents, you know, have their health issues from, from time to time, sometimes chronic, sometimes acute. When I look at that generation, I think for them, health just means not dying or not sick. Mm. Health is the absence of illness. Exactly. Exactly. So I wouldn't say that my parents have health aspirations. I think that we have, the fact that we have set out health aspirations for ourselves is actually pretty unique. Well, and your, your comment about that most people don't have aspirations. The thing we were talking about just before we hit record here was there's another online community I'm a part of. There's I think 40,000 or 50,000 men. And I went in there and just out of, really out of curiosity, I posted the question how long do you think you're going to live to and why? And this wasn't some sort of like childhood parlor game. It was a genuine curiosity of what do people believe about lifespan? Right. And I was absolutely shocked and, and to be honest, saddened by how many guys said, oh, I'll be lucky if I get to 50 or, you know, probably to 60 because that's where my parents died. That's when my uncle died. I'm 52. I probably have about eight years left. And I just think, they have no like no idea the That's possibility. So it, it is sad. It is sad. I even they're reading some guys in their thirties saying, "I didn't think I'd make it this far," and well, I maybe got five or six years left. Especially when you see and hear so many stories of people starting the second or third chapter of their life when they're sixty-five. Mm. Or I think of your father who retired. How old was he when we, he, he retired, retired from te- from teaching when he was fifty-three or fifty-five, and then did real estate for another ten years, maybe. Exactly. And then spent the rest of his life... 30 years traveling. Traveling. <laughs> yeah. So it just blows me away that people have such low expectations for their life expectancy. Well, and and something I got introduced fairly recently, and I can't remember, I think it came up a bit in this conversation, is this whole, the, the whole difference between lifespan and health span. Mm-hmm. Because so, you know, again, when we were growing up, the general general conversation was, um, you know, someone says, I want to live to 100, I want to live to 90. But the, the, almost the immediate response to that is, I wouldn't want to be that way in a wheelchair in an old age home and like be this vegetable of what, because that's what people picture old age was. Yes. And the last 10 years of your life are horrible quality of life. Yeah. And sadly for a lot of people it is, uh, but for a lot of people it's not. And I think that's one of the things that both of us understand is that I think, you know, we live in this global world now where it's so easy at a click of a mouse, click of a button, swipe of a thumb, you can get access to all the leading thinkers, whether it's podcasts or websites or following them on Twitter or social media, whatever it might be, you get readily, readily available access to information. And there is enough information out there today that, that it clearly shows that we have enormous control over our health span and it is absolutely possible to live to a ripe old age um, with, it's not just being, it's not just the absence of disease, it's vitality, it's energy, it's cognitive clarity, it's a sense of purpose and meaning, it's contrib- contributing to society or your family or getting your hands and knees and playing with your great grandkids. You know, I had this conversation with an uncle of mine, my dad's brother this summer, and my dad brought, my dad lost a brother earlier this year. And so when I saw my other uncle, 
we were talking about it and I could I could tell that he was kind of in this not apathetic but towards that state of of thought around his own health and 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 longevity and I said why you know why why wouldn't you live longer what and he said well you know my dad died early young all my brothers have kind of died young of various things and I said well it has nothing to do about or it has very little to do with your genetics and more about your lifestyle and that was I could tell just from from watching his reaction that was beyond his scope that's mm. not what our our parents generation grew up with it's, yeah. they and I would say even our generation grew up with if your parents had diabetes you're going to get diabetes there's no question and your conversation with with Daniel just kind of reinforced my belief and now we know it's true that it is about epigenetics it's about your lifestyle it's about what you eat it's about how you control your emotions yeah. during during your life and during every day and listening to him speak reminded me too it's about how you breathe yeah. every day you know his comment about six breaths as a resting breathing state six breaths a minute i actually just earlier today knowing that we were going to have this conversation timed myself yes. in a resting state and i had seven so i'm actually pretty okay. pretty good but i knew i was timing it so yes. i'd be curious to see what it would what it would be if i wasn't conscious about my breathing yes. during that minute but it all this whole conversation just made me realize how important it is to make great choices yes it's not inevitable based on your genetics or how your parents lived or died it's about the choices you make that that determine your health. Well, and, and building on that, the other thing it's it's made me think about, and just last night I was going through as I've signed up for the program at, at the Appearon Center. Um, they have lots of different questionnaires and, and assessments you you fill out, and one of them was a, a personal assessment and, and stress management. Mm. And it had a list of like the question was simple: was like, what, what, which of the following has occurred in the past year? And they had a list of about thirty-five different things that might lead to stress or cha emotional challenges. And it could I, be like major life events, major life events, life changes, losing a job, changing, you know, getting stressful divorced, boss. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I checked fourteen of them. Wow. And um, and what it made me think on reflection is that. There are probably a lot, and even just the last couple of days, as I've since I had the conversation, I signed up. It's maybe be aware of what are some of the little things that I've been tolerating with my health, with my body, with my mind, you know, it's my brain function, cognitive function. What have I been tolerating that? It's like, oh, I need to add this to the list of things to raise to them, like the fact that I use breathe right strips every night when I sleep because my I get my nasal get congestion. It hasn't been my whole life. It's been maybe the last ten years. Hmm. So what's going on there? The my cracky knees every time I wake up in the morning. What's going on there? But it made me realize that there's probably a lot of things that I'm tolerating that I don't really want to tolerate. Well, I'm super curious because listening to Daniel, it's it sounds like they really do track every mm. everything they can track during the year, and they monitor you know how what's your stress level, what's going on, and they can tell according to your body what's what's going on in your life. And I'm super curious if you will share the data with me, and I'd be curious if you wouldn't. I, I, um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what those stats are and how your body reacts to stress 
And I say that because you're a pretty stoic guy. You know, we've had a lot of ups and downs this year and we've had friends that or neighbors who ask me, how's Chris doing? I said, ah, he's pretty good. He's pretty, you know, even keel and stoic. And I'm curious to see what your body is doing to react to the stress and to see if your body has more emotion than your face <laughs> at times. Because I know that's been almost a, a point of contention sometimes in our relationship is that I'm expecting more emotion from you. And you're like, no, things are good. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. So I'm, I am really curious to see what the data comes out. I am, I am too. I am too. I really am to see. And that's why, that's why one of the things I'm very drawn to their program is, uh, the data that they gather is pretty intense and it's all through a wearable device, the Garmin, Garmin watch. Um, and I'm very curious that, and I, and I, I know that that will help me stay focused on whatever plan or program that, that is being put forward, um, to see what, what kind of stress reaction I do have when you say certain <laughs> things to me and, uh, maybe my my heart rate skips a few beats or whatever the case may be. I can I can I can show you the proof that you're stressing me out. <laughs> Wouldn't it be creepy if every time we have like an off off day or you know an off com- like a, a tense conversation, the next day you get an email from Daniel saying, "Oh, what's going on? Maybe you should buy roses tomorrow." Or maybe my uh, all the notifications on my phone will start beep firing off. <laughs> boo, boo, we got an alert here. Um, so you were telling me beforehand, just to segue out of this, is um, you were telling me beforehand back in school, you took biochemistry and epigenetics was raised then, but it was like this small little class that no one really cared too much about or... So I, I majored in biochemistry, minored in microbiology, and epigenetics was an, it was an elective back then. So this was, granted, this was almost 15, 20 years ago that I that I went to university and epigenetics was a minor part. It was like one course in my four years of, of biochemistry and genetics was a huge part of, of biochemistry. Epigenetics was actually thinking back. It wasn't even a full course. It was a chapter in the genetics, Mm. in the genetics course. And there was one professor in the entire department who focused on epigenetics one professor. And it's just, it's mind blowing now to look at all of the, all of the research that's coming out now and all the, all of the science, it has very little to do with genetics. And we were, when he mentions SNP, you know, single nucleotide, um, polymorphisms, we, we call them SNPs. We were focused on the SNPs in, in genetics. We were focused on, we were focused on the DNA and now you realize that it's not, but back then, you know, 20 years ago, now granted I was taking it in university. It's not to say that it wasn't known in the, in the, um, professional world, professional world, yeah. but what they were teaching in university was that it was all about your genetics and genes. And that was when they were doing the world genome mapping and everything yes. else. That was when I was going through school, but now it has such, we know that it's, so little to do with the genes. It's all about what genes are turned on and turned off. And that's related by your environment. And by environment, I don't mean the room you're standing in necessarily. It could. It could be chemical influence. It also could be physical influence. And it could be emotional influence. Yeah. And as he said, like the example of regular or chronic exercise, as he called it, changes like 14,000, 10,000 
expressions of our genes. Meditation influences 7,000 uh, genes. And, and so, I, I mean, the big takeaway with me and again, the spirit of why we're doing this podcast is for those who are listening, it's like, it really, it really, if, um, you've got to really look in the mirror and be self-aware of what are the beliefs that you've that have been shaping your relationship to your health right. and your longevity and your health span and what your future looks like and really take ownership over the, the, over what's possible for you and not just give in to some bad outdated ideas for sure and i think there will be people and this is the conversation i had with my uncle in the summer there are people who still believe well my dad died of a heart attack his dad died of a heart attack his dad died of a heart attack so it's inevitable that i'm going to die of a heart attack and that is not true it's actually not the genetics that you've inherited it's the anger issues it's the the stress levels and how you manage it. It's what we grew up with. Food and our choices. Food choices. But a lot of it is your childhood experience and what you inherited as behaviors yes. from yeah. your parents. Absorbed you know, behaviors. Yeah. Absorbed behaviors. So, you know, did you inherit um, anger issues? Uh, the You know, did you see alcohol being abused growing up? And, and that's something that you turned to. Did you... Um, you know, even like even like expressing your emotions wasn't safe. Absolutely, if you were did you get emotional. You somehow did not get the right kind of response. So you were taught, uh, not overtly, but you were taught through experience that I, it's not safe for me or good for me to show my emotions. So I suppress them or repress them or whatever the case may be. Absolutely, those are the things that you inherited from from your parents. Yeah. On top of the genes, but more importantly, you you inherited the behaviors and and how you reacted to stress, yeah. and that then um, determines what your health is going to be. So that heart attack after heart attack after heart attack in your family lineage, if you change your behaviors, and we know that you know it's a choice as an adult, you can change those behaviors, then you're changing your your trajectory of of disease. Yeah, well, I can personally relate to that because I. Um, lost uh, both my mom's both my mom's parents had cancer um, died of cancer and uh, one of my dad's parents died of cancer and I, that all happened when I was probably pre 20 years old and I at the time I kind of thought well kind of on a, almost in a nonchalant way I was like oh I'm probably gonna die of cancer now that belief changed very much very dramatically as I learned more about health and life and everything else now, the fact that both my parents passed away of cancer this year is a further wake-up call that I need to make sure that my the choices I'm making are the right choices. Right. Choices in lifestyle, ways I manage my emotions, and ways that manage my lifestyle. Uh, you know, manage lifestyle. or express. Manage or express. Yeah, you really want me to express my emotions. <laughs> um, being stuck. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that separately. Um And um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm really glad that I uh, had the chance to to get to meet Daniel, Daniel Stickler, and, and spend some time with him upcoming in the new year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this next year. I know, you know, the after show we did after Udo Erasmus, we were talking about, okay, this is so timely because we really want to focus on health. I feel like your conversation with Daniel this week has just kind of set the wheel in motion. And I'm looking forward to more conversations about our health, you know, in the new year. 
And hopefully we can share a lot of what you're learning and what I'm learning in the after shows in the new year as we get this data. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll leave it at that and we'll, we'll certainly report back on, on uh, what we learned in the process. Sounds great. So there you have it, our after show edition. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We actually read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing your real live voice, and you can leave comments and questions for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen. And I'm Sarah Jansen. And this is The Ignition Show.